Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. A-U-N. American Underground Network. The primary reason why the individual citizens of a country create a political structure is a subconscious wish or desire to perpetuate their own dependency relationship of childhood. Simply put, they want a human god to eliminate all risk from their life, pat them on the head, kiss their bruises, put a chicken on every dinner table, clothe their bodies, tuck them into bed at night, and tell them that everything will be all right when they wake up in the morning. This public demand is incredible, for the human god, the politician, meets incredibility with incredibility by promising the world and delivering nothing. So who is the bigger liar, the public or the godfather? All revolutions have been led by young people. If you just think of the TV images of whether it's Tiananmen Square or whether it's the uh, revolts in Central America or Europe, it's the young people, it's the college people who are more principled and not locked in and they're not embedded with the government. They are the ones who are concerned about the future because the future is theirs. My research has shown at this point that the future laid out for us may be just about impossible to change. I do not agree with the means by which the powerful few have chosen for us to reach the end. I do not agree that the end is where we should end at all. But unless we can wake the people from their sleep, nothing short of civil war will stop the planned outcome. It's the National Collective Consciousness Show with Dean Farrell in Portland, Oregon, Jim Condon Jr. in Cincinnati, Ohio, Steve Harris in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, live from Edison, Illinois, your host, Fred Smart. Thanks, everyone. One of our regular guests on this call over the years, uh, at least once or twice a year, has been Carl Swenson. Uh, joined tonight, as he was earlier this, this year in March, by Judge uh, Paul Paul Nally, uh, both of them together, along with their their uh, cohorts and and, um, and judicial patriotic truth crime, have been trying to access the grand jury for for many many months, many many years, and they had a breakthrough earlier this year. Uh, judge was just talking. Paul was just talking prior to us getting underway here for the recording that uh, he has been served. Uh, with an indictment, and he was telling the story about that process. Carl and Paul, thank you for coming back. And uh, boy, a lot, a lot more crap is happening in our world. But the the buck really, or the rubber really meets the real road in the kinds of things you guys are doing at the local level, accessing the grand jury, uh, the people, 
it's the people's court that we should be able to access it, use it, and uh, and pre- and make presentments and have without any DA inter district attorney uh, 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 a conflict. We should be able to access these courts, these uh, uh, public court records, uh, courts of law. So, Paul, thank you for uh, starting to ta- tell us uh, as Carl was getting on the uh, on the show tonight. What happened with that indictment? You still there? Yes. Well, uh, it's still pending. Okay. I tell you what. Let's let Carl bring you up to speed on uh, the Pike County grand jury action um, from back in March, and then I'll pick up. Uh, with the Coffee County situation after that. How's okay, that? sounds good. Go ahead, Carl. Carl Swinson. Okay, hey, Fred, how are you doing this evening? Good. Nice to have you guys back. Thanks yeah, it's good to be back. Good to be back. Good uh, to be able to share some of the um, instances or actions that we've been involved in and uh, the results. Well, one result of our actions has been that for the first time in I guess Paul said uh, 63 years, someone has been able to, a citizen has been successfully able to access the grand jury. The person that I've been working with who had his child literally stolen from him by uh, Child Protective Services um, has been petitioning the grand jury for, well, I don't know, a couple of years now, and uh, finally got access. Now. I've got to make a little qualification there. We got access to what we believe was a tainted grand jury, tainted by the uh, um, district attorney. Now, we can't say for certain that that's the case, but uh, indications are strong that that's what transpired in an effort to try and dissuade us from doing this in the future, which obviously Wait a minute. Not tainted before or after you accessed the grand jury? Carl? Before. 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 Oh, okay. Yeah, there was a, they, they got involved in some um, intimidation tactics that uh, Paul's going to touch on a little bit more because it applies to him as well. And uh, his part of the story is, is really uh, very interesting in that uh, uh, we learned something, I learned something that I never knew before, and I, I don't think he knew it before either. And uh, I, won't, I won't spoil his thunder by, by saying what that is. I just want to let you know that uh, we haven't stopped. We haven't given up. Uh, we're still fighting for the for the good cause, and the good cause in both of our cases is to uh, attempt to get the children back into the hands of the, of the parents where they belong. So that's uh, in a nutshell. That's what happened. Uh, I was I was the only one to help this man out uh, in serving the uh, um, documents which was a petition to be heard by the grand jury. We, um, we went to the grand jury uh, selection day that they had in Pike County. And why did we go there? Well, to mark down as many names as we possibly could that uh, were pot- going to be potential jurors. And they brought in wave after wave of, of people that uh, uh, were eligible to be on the grand jury. And Boy, they rattled off those names so fast it was really difficult to get them. But we got quite a few of them. <laughs> you had to scribble and, them by hand, right? 
<laughs> yes, we did. Yes, we did. It was uh, it was tough. It was kind of like I needed an interpreter when I was in there. But you know, we got enough of them. And after that, um, Randall, the gentleman in question, uh, contacted the clerk of court, and he had been asking for a list of the jury members for the longest time. Each each new new grand jury, he he would ask for that, and he, they wouldn't give it to him. But this time, it was a little different because they knew that we were there. They knew that we had the names. And uh, they actually just followed through and, and gave him a, uh, a copy of the actual grand jury members and the foreman as, it was, as he was elected. So that, uh, that saved us a little bit of time. Uh, of course, they don't give the information on how to contact these people, so we had to uh, get with the – I went to the GIS, which is uh, uh, part of the property tax records, and uh, looked up these names to see where they were. They had to be in Pike County, obviously, because that's the grand jury that we had. And I was able to find, I think it was about maybe 16 or 18 of the people that were on the grand jury uh, on the, in the property records. So got the addresses together, and on one day, Randall and I just uh, – got all our petitions together, and we just started going door-to-door to these people and dropping off these petitions, which um, really kind of aggravated the, the, the DA to no end. So we've not been, let's say, not been on her good side from the beginning on this. She didn't want us to be in front of that grand jury, but uh, now that so many on the grand jury had been made aware of this, this was something she had to deal with. So lo and behold, Randall gets the call, and we've got a date certain to appear before the grand jury. Unfortunately, again, the, the way they play these games is that yeah. she scheduled to be in front of this grand jury about, I think it was 15 minutes before they were scheduled to end the session. Oh, crap. And, and the, uh, the amount of inf- information we had to put before them was substantially more than the 15 minutes would allow. So... Paul was with him. Paul was in as a witness, and both of them together tried to make this as uh, as brief as could be possible and get the information to these people that would cause them to want to know more. Yeah. Well, um, I guess we fell short in that in that endeavor because they uh, they just dismissed it outright, and the. Uh, I can't remember. And the exactly. DA was not there, right? There's no DA in no, there, right? No, the DA was there. She was not in the grand jury room when we went to uh, put this stuff before them, which is okay. appropriate. She's supposed to stay out. So okay. all of that went correct. Um, but the, uh, the the lack of time and, uh, yeah. you know, you have people in there pulling a, a Joe Biden watching those bodies return. They're looking at their clock thinking, uh-huh, I've got to get out of here. And uh, and they did. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, they, they got a letter a few days later stating that the grand jury had considered what was put before them and they didn't think there was enough to justify a, a further investigation. So that's so that's where that one was left. And, uh, you know, we're going to do it again. We're going to get before another grand jury. We probably won't do it this time in that county because of the um, because of the bad rep we've got. Yeah, ruffled some feathers, yeah. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, it was, it was, uh, it was interesting when Paul told me that uh, Randall, by virtue of what he did, was the first person to have done that in, what was it, Paul, 63 years? 
was 1953 is the last time. Uh huh. That's let's see. That's uh, 4757. Ooh. Is this yeah. is that is that is that na- national uh, or is that from local records? 1953. That's that, uh, that local records. Uh, U.S. Uh, Georgia Supreme Court records. Okay, Georgia Supreme Court records. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So that's uh, that's pretty much where we stand right now. Uh, more information continues to pour in, uh, thanks in large part to the efforts of, of Paul. And at this point, I'd like to bring him in and let him explain how this dovetails into what he's been doing. Okay. <laughs> Paul, you may have Don't to repeat me. a little bit of what you said because uh, we weren't being recorded when you were oh. okay. talking in that early part. So go ahead. Okay, well, uh, first off, uh, there is a matter of transparency, and that is that I am now an indicted felon down in Coffee County, Georgia. Now, the way that came about is a uh, friend of mine, I have to understand, a lot of my friends are prior military. So if, if someone in the military it's done wrong, and I hear about it, then I go stick my nose in their business. Uh, But at any rate, um, this friend of mine uh, down in Waycross, Georgia, and I found out that there was a uh, black gentleman who was a Marine uh, was uh, put in jail uh, pursuant to a temporary restraining order and was arrested um, because of an incident that occurred in town one day where he technically violated the TPO or temporary restraining order, TRO. The problem was the arrest was that he the, the charges that were placed against him were felonies. Now, in Georgia, our legislature has made it extremely plain that if you're in jail, framed of your liberty, for 90 days, and a grand jury has not considered your case, the law says the judge shall set bail. Well, he petitioned the court on December the 15th, which was 140-something days after he was locked up. Mm. Not 90 days, 140-something days later. Mm -hmm. And the judge refused to set bail. So National Bill of Rights, National Bill of Rights Day, December 15th. (laughs) How about that? So anyway, uh, the problem with for the judge was that's a violation of his oath of office. Now, in Georgia, I don't care what office you hold, if you violate your oath of office in this state, it's a five-year felony. So Mr. Bobby Worthy and I decided, well, let's just get this judge off the bench. Doesn't matter whether he gets fired by the grand jury and told to leave. It doesn't matter if the grand jury 
tells the governor, remove him for cause, nor did it matter to us if he were indicted for the felony that he had apparently committed and sent to jail. We didn't care. Just get him off of the bench. And besides that, we're taking care of a, one of our brothers in arms. So we filed a, uh, we mailed a, well, no, I'm sorry, we didn't mail it. Bobby hand-delivered our petition to the clerk of the court with the request that she provide it to the foreman. <coughs> he said she did, and I have no reason to doubt that young lady's word at all. The next thing we know, this grand jury returns in Superior Court a special presentment charging us with filing false and fictitious documents in a court of this state. Well, that is a criminal statute under 16-10-20.1. So anyway, they bring their special presentment into the court and uh, submit it, and it's filed. The judge orders it filed. There was the first mistake that sitting judge made because he did not review the uh, special presentment to determine if it was a valid presentment. So that was his first mistake. But the next thing that happened was Bobby heard about the bench warrant. The judge then turned around and issued a bench warrant. His bench warrant initially stated that we were to be arrested for failure to appear. We never got any notice to appear. And they let oops, that's a wrong statement. We have to change that to say, oh, uh, this, this bench warrant is issued pursuant to a special presentment of a grand jury. So they cleaned that one up. So the next thing then that happened is Bobby found out that we had been indicted, called me and told me, and so he and I decided that the best way to handle that, since, it, since the indictment had been handed down and we had not been notified officially, then we understood, okay, since there's no sheriff coming after us, and we checked with our local law enforcement agencies, and no, they didn't have a clue that there were any indictments or special presentments against us. Since that was the case, we understood that what they were doing in Coffee County was trying to intimidate us to stay the hell out of their jurisdiction. Leave them to tend to their business. Well, the problem is, when you mess with one of my brothers in arms, you've messed with me, so now it is my business. <clears throat> so anyway, Bobby and I decided the way to handle this was to force their hand. So what we did is we went and got our property bonds and drove down to Coffee County, walked into the sheriff's office, and smiled pleasantly and said, we're here to turn ourselves in. Well, who the hell are you? <laughs> and uh, so we had to explain to them that the grand jury had found it convenient to indict us with a special presentment 
and we were there to turn ourselves in, make our bond, go home, and fight the case. Well, okay, so they zipped us on into the back, and they started uh, their login procedures to arrest us, handed us our uh, notice, and we had to wait two hours on a magistrate judge to come over and inform us uh, as to the as to the restraints upon our bond. They did that. We walked out of the jail. So I went straight over to the clerk's office, and before I'd left home, I had already typed up an application for uh, appointment of indigent counsel. And uh, so I went straight over to the clerk's office and filed that with the court. So the... Uh, judge now had uh, a uniform Superior Court Rule 29 uh, pleading before him. And in Georgia, the county has less than 100,000 people. The judge has 30 days to answer that pleading. Well, 65 days went by, and the judge still had not answered that pleading. Well, lo and behold, on the 70th day, here comes notice of arraignment. And I says to myself, self, no, we ain't doing this. We're going to have a continuance of an arraignment. By the way, nobody down there that we talked to could remember the last time a criminal arraignment was continued for any reason. But anyway, I filled out a, a, a motion for a continuance, and I served that. Uh, I mean, I filed that with the clerk of the court, and I also, because I was not sure whether they were going to appoint us an attorney or not, or, de or deny our indigency, indigency claim, I uh, also uh, prepared a plea in bar, and what that is in Georgia, that's, that is a statement to the court. Judge, we cannot be prosecuted on this crime for these, this or these reasons, and I listed four separate reasons. So anyway, um, the day of the arraignment, we showed up, and by the way, for some reason, there were two separate courtrooms opened up that morning. We occupied one. Mr. Worthy and I occupied one courtroom. Everybody else went to the other courtroom. I can only assume they didn't want the other criminally accused people to find out how you defend yourself from a criminal prosecution. Got it, got it, wow. But anyway, uh, the judge heard our uh, motion for continuance and in the motion, I had written as part of my arguments the fact that that judge had violated his oath of office and was subject to uh, not only impeachment, but he was also subject to a criminal prosecution. I did not mention that verbally on the record. Uh, apparently, the judge appreciated that fact and granted a continuance 
in our case until such time as we could be properly represented. Now, the problem for them, and one of the reasons that this little charade has backfired on them, is because now, because that grand jury did not have a sworn witness, then they issued the special presentment in violation of the Sixth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. No warrant shall issue, I'm sorry, Fourth Amendment. No warrant shall issue except upon probable cause and uh, based upon uh, sworn testimony. Well, they didn't have that. So that was one of the issues that I raised. And because of that, their special presentment is void. Now, there's another little uh, legal maneuver based upon a void indictment, and that is this. If the indictment is void, then there is no legal criminal prosecution pending Coffee County, which means we can go into federal court and file a 42 U.S.C. 93 malicious prosecution, false arrest, uh, civil complaint and seek an injunction for the federal court to tell Coffee County you can't ever prosecute these gentlemen on this again ever so now instead of having a little uh, kangaroo uh, criminal case come up in Coffee County now everybody in Coffee County including the grand jurors are going to get to be guests of honor uh, in a federal district court. In the big house. Wow. <laughs> they will be sued in their, under 1983 and 1988, they will be sued in their individual capacity. And since the United States Congress, you know, sometimes we all dislike Congress. But every once in a while, they do do something right. And in this case, under... 18 U.S.C. 3571, they have established a value of one of your civil rights. And they had to to establish two separate values. They established one value if your civil right was violated by an individual, and they set another value if it was... Uh, if your civil right was deprived by a corporation. Well, it just so happens that the uh, sheriff's office and uh, the court and the grand jury are all parts of corporate entities. Now, the code, Title 18, says if an individual violates your civil right, the value of that right violated is $250,000. If a corporation does it, it's half a million, and that's each. So it might turn out to be a rather lucrative screw-up on the part well, of there's, Gulf County. Well, there's, uh, there's another aspect that uh, we need to touch on real quick, like, and that is uh, the immunity aspect. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Well, as I said, I've filed a bar. And there are four, I have listed four pleas, four individual reasons why we cannot be criminally prosecuted. 
And the fourth one that I have listed is that we have prosecutorial immunity from criminal prosecution in that case. That was established in 1964 case of New York Times v. Sullivan from the Supreme Court of the United States. So y'all might want to make yourselves a note. If you go to court, uh, go to a grand jury, and you're complaining about a public official, and that public official or anyone else tries to arrest you for doing it, you have prosecutorial immunity. A judge cannot allow you to stay locked up or in custody of the state because of your prosecutorial First Amendment immunity. And thank you, Carl, for reminding me of that. And by the way, wow. if anybody would like a copy of this plea in bar, I can make it available. Absolutely. Uh, Carl, we'll get it from Carl. Yeah. Thank you, Carl. Uh, I can get it. Yes, so We'll get it to you. Not a problem. Well, anybody interested, we'll pass it to anyone behind the scenes. Just go on the website and drop, drop something in the contact page on our website. We'll, we'll be sure to pass it on. Thanks. Now, when Paul told me that one, that just changed everything. Because in the process of, uh, of getting the names of those grand jury members, uh, Randall did ha- happen to be able to hand, the, hand one of the petitions to be heard by the grand jury to one of those members. And in the process, was uh, informed in no uncertain terms that if he did this again, that he would be arrested. Now, wait, he was informed by the that, member, that member of the grand jury? He was informed by that individual? Who, who he was informed by a deputy. It was a deputy that, uh, that told him that he would be arrested if he should try and pass that on to any other members of the grand jury. Okay. That makes it intimidation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that makes so it important. To violate 18, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, 18 U.S.C. 242. Now, I brought that up, uh, Fred, because I think it's important for people who are trying to do the same thing that we've, we've been doing to understand that particular aspect, because apparently the, uh, the powers that be didn't pass that memo along to everybody. And they... Uh, they, they, they act with impunity when it comes to these grand juries. They're acting as if it is their private domain, and nobody is to interfere with their, their business. Well, they're, at, they're doing that with the wrong people. So this, uh, this one citation that Paul is talking about is enough to put in front of their face and let them know that should they attempt to do this anymore or Maybe they don't even have to attempt to do it anymore. Maybe you could take it at that point to a, a federal um, grand jury yeah. and have them, or federal court rather, and have them pursue it for you. How does that work, Paul? Yeah, that would be the, it, you know, if it was recent, like within the last 30 days that he was, that threat was made to him, uh-huh. he does need to take a criminal complaint, federal criminal complaint to the United States Attorney. So that is that is one of the, the big things that you, you know you need to take from this. Um, we're 
trying to uh, we're trying to plow new ground here, and uh, Paul's the one that's doing it. He, I don't know how he found that particular uh, ruling, but uh, that one is monumental, and that means that uh, henceforth, moving forward, we don't have to take any CRAP from these individuals anymore. They can just go right back in their little cubby holes and let us do what we were there to do. Okay, Paul, you were recounting about this prosecutorial uh, immunity as yep. it relates to acts of, of corporate criminal activity violating your your, your civil rights, your First Amendment rights. Yep. Uh, and, and what it, it's New York Times versus Sullivan, you said? That is correct. New York Times v. Sullivan. Hold on, if you'll let me grab my glasses. Hmm. Boy, that's big stuff, guys. Wow. That is... Uh... <laughs> I'm sorry. I did a rather extensive... Okay, New York Times v. Sullivan. Here's your site. 376 U.S. 254 is where it page starts, 254. And it really starts getting good down at page 269. As a matter of fact, uh, with your permission, let me read a, a short paragraph. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. Page, page 291. For good reason, no court of last resort in this country has ever held or even suggested that prosecutions for liable on government have any place in the American system of jurisprudence. That is prosecutorial immunity, ladies and gentlemen. As a matter of fact, there were two judges, uh, Goldberg and Douglas, who did a concurrence, and at page 297 through 290, well, I'm not going to read all of that, but in their concurrence they say, the court thus rules that the Constitution gives citizens a conditional privilege immunizing non-malicious misstatements of fact regarding the official conduct of government officers. So there you have it. That's straight out of the Supreme Court of the United States. First Amendment prosecutorial immunity. Which, in layman's terms, means that should you, ch should you uh, challenge them by citing some law that they might have broken, and it turns out that uh, they actually did not do that, they can't prosecute mm -hmm. you for making the allegation. That's right. You can make a mistake, in fact, anywhere in your complaint, in your remonstrance or your petition to the grand jury. You can make a mistake of fact. And, I mean, just, I mean, just literally misquote everything. And they still can't prosecute you. They have, the only way they can prosecute you is if, one, it is malicious on its face, and, two, it is... Uh, an attempt to obstruct justice. If they can't prove that, they can't touch you. And in the cases of what we're doing, 
um, neither of those two would apply in any way, shape, or form. Right. So there's a little pearl that we just passed to you that I hope wow, people that's will brand take. new. That's brand new since you you didn't have that uh, back in March of this year when you guys came on the show. Wow. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. That is so. Your timing uh, and, and seeing what was going on was uh, spot on there, Fred. Way to go. Y'all have to I have an awfully misspent life sitting here doing nothing but reading. <laughs> well, you call it what oh, you will, but I, I consider you a diamond in the rough, my friend. Thank you. And uh, oh my gosh, wow! Yeah, so that that changes that changes everything. That changes the ball game for us, basically. Where we might have been a little bit tentative in how we approached these things in the past, we don't have to be that way. This is our court. This is our uh, right. It's always been our right, and it's always been our court. And you are the constitutional superior of everyone in that courthouse. So before we used to think we would walk into the court holding a noose around our neck, and now we can actually walk in with with uh, with confidence, with a shovel. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna bury the whole bunch. Oh yeah. my God! Isn't that something? Now go forth with the strength, knowing that thou alone have been girded by God Almighty. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> Gosh. So oh, that's what a little, that's where we're going now. Wow! Fear no man. Fear no sheriff. No judge. Nobody. They are your constitutional inferiors. And uh, and you can wow. use those words verbatim, and and watch the temperature rise in their faces as they <laughs> as they attempt to uh, uh, a try and figure out if you're bluffing, or b if they want to just shoot you there or go ahead and arrest you. <laughs> And that's the that's that's the bottom line to this whole thing. We've been we've been held away from uh, the only place that we can really rely on to get remedy and relief, because no Congress, no uh, body elect is going to have anything to do with the average citizen when he goes to them with a case where he has been wronged. Only the grand jury can really listen to and hear those cases. And if you know, this, this fails or refuses to perform its duty according to its oath, they are liable both in criminal statutes and in tort. Or you oh. notice how quiet things have gotten on this channel? <laughs> well, they want a good recording, Paul. <laughs> yes, we do want a good recording on this because this is something that needs to be passed along to everybody. If they have not considered this as an option to to get redress of their grievance, to get uh, remedy for any act of uh, criminal nature that the grand jury can hear, 
Well, now they should be looking at this with an entirely different outlook. And, and too, I might uh, let me throw this in since you are recording. I, I believe I believe this was in uh, USV Calandra uh, back in the 60s or the 70s. The Supreme Court uh, was ruling on a case, and in there they made the statement they were talking about the. Uh, grand jury's power of subpoena power and they made the statement that the grand jury that the grand jury itself may not violate any valid privilege whether established in the constitution the statutes or the common law so right there the supreme court has made the grand juries throughout the nation know that they are liable if they abuse your constitutionally guaranteed rights. I'll hush. <laughs> now, put this uh, put this in the proper perspective. How many times have you talked to people who have uh, made attempts to get before the grand jury, Fred? Oh gosh. It's an impossibility. Uh, anytime we talk about it, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, the doors are locked. It's in, you can, I mean, well, you have a remedy to open those doors. Yeah, you have the key. That's right. Anybody keep this in mind. Any district attorney any United States attorney, any sheriff, any person who attempts to obstruct you getting to a grand jury has committed at least one federal violation and one state law violation. And as it applies right now to Georgia? As, no, as it applies in all 50 states. <clears throat> oh, all 50 states, okay. <laughs> I wanted to make sure that people don't don't make that uh, try and make that distinction. Is committing a, is committing a what? They are committing a felony. One felony under federal law. One fel felony under state law. Every state has a theft or a larceny statute. That refers to the Ill, unlawful or illegal taking of the property of another. Your intangible property interest in your right to speak, petition, peaceably assemble with, and be heard by those vested with the power of government for a redress of your grievance is a theft. Uh. That's a tougher one to uh, get people to wrap their head around, Paul. Well, <laughs> I'm thinking of Bob. I'm thinking of Bob Schultz, Carl, and in, in, in some way, shape, or form here. This is this yes, is and, and Bob Schultz needs, needs to hear this. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna send him this tape uh, right after this call tonight. Yeah, and Paul's going to send me the uh, information that I will I will forward to you the uh, legal precedents and the citations. Okay, and I'll pass those on to Bob. I'll, I'll send the tape over to him, and we'll give. Uh, I'll call him up. Call him tomorrow. 
too. Wow, this is exciting. It's different. It's different because nobody's considered this aspect before. What's so powerful is you're doing it at the local level. And it's like going to your local hospital or, or you know, not that hospitals, you could call them healthcare centers today because they're so restrictive in what they can do because of mm-hmm. federal government oversight. But uh, back in the day, you could access the local, the local county doctor and he could show up and see you in person and vice versa. And, and, and there was no DA or no, you know, intermediary that was, that was trying to prevent you from getting care, getting served and, and getting a remedy for your health issues. And now there's all of these people in the middle, the DA, when it comes to the court, the, 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 the FDA and the, and all these feds are preventing us from, from getting care uh, for treatment in the early stages of COVID or whatever. And all these people are, are, are dying for no reason. It, it, it is criminal what's going on. That is, yes, it is. Oh, my. In legal parlance, that is called criminal negligence at the least. God, there's, there's a remedy. And, and when you take these facts and present them to a grand jury and the grand jury receives the facts, they can then consider and, 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 and pursue an investigation or not based on those facts. Absolutely. Wow. This is, this is powerful stuff, Paul. Thank you. More than and well. Carl, thank you. And I hope uh, good use. We, we might as well, just anybody out there, a comment or question, you might as well make a wrap on this. Uh, keep it short and sweet for an hour. Under an hour, maybe you can get it done in under an hour. Anybody out there uh, would like to comment or question or just? Carl, I just emailed. Okay, good. Okay. I'll turn around and email it right to Fred. Wait. Send them my email address in case they have any listeners out there that need a consultation. Okay, Okay, I'll forward the uh, the email. Thank you, Paul. Yes, indeed. Wow. This is is quite a feather to have in your cap, gentlemen. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Or a quiver. One that I wish we had had in our quiver long before now. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't expecting to stumble upon this tonight, guys. Well, Just Carl. a little... Uh, very, very good. Carl, in front of Almighty God and these worthy witnesses, I will humbly apologize for not finding it sooner. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no apology necessary. You know that. Greg, what's your what's your email? I'm I'm, I'm on a different email program okay, right real, now. Okay, real real quick. It's just uh, my first name Fred, followed by a period, middle initial K, followed by a period, last name Smart at Gmail. Fred K Smart at Gmail dot com. Fred K Smart at Gmail dot com. Got it. And now you should have it. Because I can see Bob. I can see Bob walking in 
doing exactly what you guys have done and, and accessing the grand jury. Beautiful. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Now, he does need to understand, and I, and I better I better. He needs to understand that when he walks into a grand jury room, he is going to be faced not government agents, not government employees. He's going to be faced with his neighbors. And they are going to be dumber than dirt about the scope of their power. So he needs to be uh, in possession of a presentation, and it can be as short as possible, so that they understand the full scope of the power that is granted them in their oath of office. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is that is easier said than done. I mean, let's face it, the fully informed grand jury has uh, been trying to do this for how long? Uh, 35 for, for years. 35 years, yeah. yeah. And they've been fought every step of the way. And that's I not have passed out many of those many of those flyers, and we've we've gotten shoot away by the cops and threatened with being incarcerated. And that and that, those threats are what we're talking about here. That that's a federal violation. That cop owes somebody two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. And judgment lanes can last till the day they die. As a matter of fact, a judgment lien, if, if you pass away, if you get a judgment lien against uh, an official in his private capacity of, in for $250,000, let's say, and he don't pay it all off until the day you die, that judgment lien becomes an item of inheritance that you can pass along to your heirs. And they oh, can wow. after him. <laughs> all they got to do is renew it every six years and nine months. Actually, it's seven years, but it's a good idea to do it early. <laughs> yeah. Once, once those things are secure, I doubt that uh, people would let that ride. Yeah. Okay. Well, gentlemen, um, I, again, I'm, one more call out. Anybody uh, comment or question for Judge, Judge Paul? On this on this call, or or Carl, our guest tonight, very special, powerful information. Uh, are we? Can, can I ask this is Al Jordan? Are we actually witnessing the end of the court system in this country? Do we really have a court system? Or it's just people <laughs> want to do. I think the end of the corrupt court system. Maybe the end of the corrupt court system. Al. Well, today, today, our illustrious president. Announced that if you have any employees that are not vaccinated, you can get a seven hundred thousand dollar fine. Oh, corporation, yeah. Oh, 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 hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. First off, that's probably going to. I'm not disputing that. I have not heard that, but I'm not going to dispute it. That sounds like something an idiot would say. (laughs) Wait a minute. Excuse me. Well, he is an idiot. He's a guy in the White House. I said, I'm kidding. Not you, Al Biden, not you. 
I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at it right now. If you, if you were, I heard on the radio the car today, and I'm just looking at it as you guys were talking. And to see here it is here. Biden backed mandate to be enforced by fining companies $70,000 to $700,000 for unvaccinated employees that they find on the premises. Okay, hold it right there and, and let me make this observation. Number one, the President of the United States is not a stockholder, a uh, primary stockholder in any company. Well, I know that. He's not the president of the company or the CEO. So he has no authority to instruct private corporations on how they manage their business. Number one. Number two. Yeah. Since he does not have that authority in law, then he is engaging in a conspiracy to commit felony theft. Hmm. Well, let me just say this to you about that. About that. In USC 241-242. A good friend of mine owns the pipelines that came out of Canada to Texas. His name is Van Brown, and the company is Wagner Brown. That's a billionaire. When when this this guy, when this president announced that he was going to shut down the pipelines, guess what? That's what happened. Federal authorities showed up at his place in Midland, Texas, and shut them down. Made sure that the, the pipelines were shut down. They walked mm-hmm. right in, shut them down. Um, right now, they're in federal court fighting to get them back open again. It's costing these guys a fortune. No, 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 no. The hell with the federal court. Go to the federal grand jury and complain about the government agents illegally illegally interfering with his corporate business. Sure. Believe me. That's the whole that's the whole thing they're talking about, Al. It's accessing federal courts a waste of time. The federal grand jury is where where the where everything's gotta start. Well I'll tell you I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, Fred, as you know I'm I consult a cult US repeating firearms and a bunch of other weapons manufacturers. I'm buying more stock, shares of stock in those guys right now. <laughs> I'm investing in them now. <laughs> well, you know, it's time, it's past time that these corporate, <clears throat> I, I, I really can't blame corporate officials, uh, CEOs, uh, CFOs. You know, they don't grow up learning to read the law, to understand the law. But they're right. Corporate attorneys are a different bunch. They know. They know just as well as I do. They may. They probably know better than me of the criminal acts that are being committed against that pipeline company. And by God, right. that CEO. What I don't. I'm sorry. I forgot the gentleman's name. But he needs to understand. Jack Brown is his name. His name is Pardon? Jack Brown. Jack Brown. And the name of the company is called Wagner and Brown. And well, in Midland, Texas. They're in Midland, Texas. Well, Wagner Brown needs to fire their corporate counsel and hire some good criminal defense attorneys who know and understand the grand jury and the scope of its power, how to use it. Well, they at first refused to shut down. Next thing they know, they had had FBI guys who had guns in their offices. Well, 
there wasn't a thing in the world to keep him from uh, getting in touch with uh, uh, Smith and Wesson or Mr. Colt and <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. then the FBI would have to stop and count teepees. Yeah. I, I just think that we are having an aggregation of so many overstepped by the government that we're looking at a potential civil war in, in, in our lifetime. This grand jury, the, the way this, the way our contractual constitutional republic is set up, the grand jury is the last bastion in the defense of liberty before we are forced to make one of two choices. One, tuck our tails, go home, and be good little slaves, be good little plantation servants, or reach up and take a death grip on the Second Amendment. Right. Now, that's where we are. Right. Well, I I know this much. My clients cannot manufacture enough guns to keep up with the supply. They are months behind being able to deliver weaponry, weapons, to individuals and the gun shops, you know, and I keep up with the demand. In a nation right of three, in a nation of three hundred million people, and all the hunters, and fishermen, the outdoorsmen, and the guns that are all over this country, what the hell are we afraid of China for? Yeah. <laughs> well, isn't that because we got to have an enemy? Soviet Union no longer our enemy. Not China suddenly our enemy, right? And and even with all of that, the real weapon is not bombs or guns. They're going to use a, a virus. They're testing it out with COVID. Yeah, there you, there you go. Weaponize a virus. Why not? Right. Yep. Right. That's what they've done. You're right, Al. I mean, that's what they've done. And and so what will happen? The bio weapon. Right. The bio weapon. Just keep the, the so raising the bar or lowering the bar. Yeah. They vaccinate their own people, and then they unleash the, the you know the virus on the rest of the planet. What do they care if they kill a few billion people? They also want to thin their own herd. You know, there's a few hundred million Chinese. You know. Dying in the streets, you know, or compared to Europe and the rest of the world, you know, dying out. The Chinese want to take things over without firing a shot. It'd be an ingenious plan. Why not? And it's one that hey, can work. Paul, Paul, I got, I got a question. If uh, and if anybody else has a question, please try to get it in right after me. But Paul, my question is: We all know the 2020 election uh, was was stolen from Trump. And there's massive evidence of vote fraud. Is this the kind of thing we could assemble the facts of that evidence of fraud and approach a grand jury? Because all these judges have declined for standing for whatever uh, the reception of these facts. Could you elaborate or, or comment on that? You are exactly on the correct path. And you don't need to uh, approach a grand jury. Any member of a grand jury currently seated and suggest to his colleagues that maybe we need to conduct a nationwide criminal inquiry into the 2020 presidential election cycle. Every grand jury in this nation, state, local, and federal, has jurisdiction 
who conduct, who take managerial and supervisory control and conduct a criminal inquiry into that question. Oh, my God. That's powerful, Paul. The reason being... The reason being is because one theft in South Georgia of a vote has a diminishing effect on the value of one vote cast in North Georgia. The same theory in law applies to votes in California, Texas, Washington State, New York State. It doesn't matter. If there is fraud anywhere, a theft anywhere that has diminished this election, that is the jurisdiction of a grand jury, any state, local, or federal grand jury. And by the way, by the way, 18 U.S.C. 30, I think it's 3340, it's 3341, I'm pretty sure, that says that the prosecution of a violator of a federal law will be at the expense of the United States government. So a local grand jury in your county that commences a criminal investigation and starts finding people guilty of, I mean, finding people, uh, finding probable cause that someone violated a federal law in regard to that election, that county is reimbursed for that investigation by the United States government. Gentlemen, listen, I I do not, I'm 75 years old, and I cannot look one of you in the face and say that there is one thing, one problem you face for which there is not a remedy in the law. You just need to find it. There is a remedy for every problem that I can conceive of being experienced by one of my neighbors. What about all these lawyers like uh, Lynn Wood and, and, and Sidney Powell? Are, are they, uh, they should be informed of this if they don't already know it already, I mean, that are out there fighting against this illegal election. I can't speak to Lynn Wood, but I can tell you that Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani are both former federal prosecutors. They know damn well, I'm sorry, apologize. They know that they could take the evidence at their hands right now, take it to a grand jury, and in eight months, in eight months, a grand jury, if the evidence is there, could find that Biden and, and Harris are illegally occupying the offices and must be removed. And that not well, only that, they can go further than that. They can also say that pursuant to the laws of contracts that the former occupants of those offices are to be reinstated until such time as their successors in office are legally elected. That's what a grand jury can do, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that's what they need to do that in this case. I mean, now that the evidence is completely 100% you know, a, a, a parent, uh, I would think that they would prosecute because they would know this. Thank you for using the word apparent. You are correct. None of us, 
know for a provable fact that any wrongdoing was done. But we have seen enough evidence put in our face to believe that, yes, there probably was fraudulent conduct. And if there was, that election is invalid. Yeah, yeah because the president of the yeah. Senate and the general in Arizona are going on to that phase. So it's going to be interesting to see if they if they pursue that. Oh, they that. Oh. They Why? The whole intent of the political. Now listen carefully. There are two ways to get something. First off, you got to understand a citizen in this nation has has two votes and a voice. The first one is ever four years or ever two years, you go to the polls and express your opinion. If you are impaneled on a grand jury, now you get another vote. But even if you don't get impaneled on a grand jury, you still have your right to responsibly exercise speech, peaceably assemble with, uh, petition and be heard by a grand jury. Bring your evidence. Lay it in the light of their knowledge, of their understanding, and walk away and let them do their job. That they now, they would. Well, there's 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 one other aspect to this now, because when you uh, and I can only speak now thanks to the information you've provided to Georgia, but uh, other states are likely uh, very similarly situated. If you get this, if you get this information to the uh, um, to the grand jury, you're going to be doing so as a prosecutor. You are going to be taking that that position. And as a, as a prosecutor, you can't you can't have the existing prosecutor come in and uh, do anything to harm or or taint the the jury in what they can and cannot do. If they do not know what they can and cannot do, they themselves they themselves can get a uh, um, an independent. Attorney, uh, person, attorney, okay, to come in and take the place of the prosecutor. As a matter, and carry of, it forward. As, as a matter of fact, Carl, uh, I had an opportunity to read the Hawaii uh, Grand Jury Code, and believe it or not, that is the only state which mandates that a prosecuting attorney shall not be the legal advisor to a grand jury. They must have their own independent legal advisor. Wow. There you go. Well, we, we, we take it into, we fly to Hawaii and present them. <laughs> can do that. You absolutely have the right to do that. Mm-hmm. Man. Anybody want to take right. up a collection to plane fire to Hawaii? Fly to Hawaii. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, right. Oh, man. And by the way, let me let me state this, and, and I apologize if this offends anybody, but we have uh, initiated a uh, request for contributions for legal aid for myself and Bobby Worthy. 
so that we can okay. have an independent attorney to take our case into federal court. I'm I'm afraid that the local people down there in Coffee County appoint us a uh, an attorney. It, it'll just um, be a friggin' fight for go. Paul, the, Paul, the people probably uh, heard you say this name several times. How do they know the name Bobby Worthy? Bobby Worthy is, uh, well, he's just recently changed his organizational affiliation, but at one time he was the Minister of Justice for the New Black Panther Party. He, oh. By the way, he's, he's a prior uh, military. So, U.S. Ranger. That's that's the that's the company we keep. Bobby Worthy. All right. Okay. And was, wasn't wow. he ever Chicago? I seem to. Uh, Freddie Hampton, one of the founders of the Black Panthers here in Chicago, uh, Carl. Uh, but mm-hmm. I don't know how old Bobby is, but we're talking the you know about my age in the early 60s, something like uh-huh. that, if he was still alive. Oh, Bobby Worthy here in Georgia, down at Waycross, he's uh, 50. I think he just turned 53. Okay, okay. Well, maybe it's... Maybe, yeah. Okay. Anyway, I thought that was a okay. point of interest that people might um, get a charge out of. And, then, and why? Because this does not... Uh, this is not white privilege. This is this has nothing to do with any of the BS that's uh, circulating yeah. around uh, exactly. Washington and the political parties. This is Americans. This is actually the, you know, I, I don't know why it is, but it seems like most of the people affiliated with me have a military background. But we we understand the, the rigors of going in harm's way, and. Once we got back out into civilized society, so to speak, we understood, it didn't take us too long to come to understand, we're in another war. And we are facing the enemy within. So we have to learn how to use the weapons of this war. And those are found in our law books. Because if that fails, if the law fails, this people, the only recourse then is tuck tail, go home, or take a death upon the There you go. Well, Everything we've been trying we've been trying to do up to this point has been to avoid that type of confrontation. Yeah. Well, Paul, you presented a a a very hopeful a door to walk through, to open up and walk through in a, in a dark backdrop landscape here. Uh, the grand jury, the light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak, uh, the presentment of, of actual facts. If you witness wrongdoing, you gather the facts, you have to have a place to go. Instead of being relayed or spun by these district attorneys, these lawyers, these judges, the grand jury, the people's venue, so to speak, by design, by our constitutional, the design of our constitutional republic, is something that 
we all need to access and, and understand <coughs> and celebrate and notify and educate people around it. So, boy, thank you. Isn't it not amazing how insightful and wise our founding fathers truly were? Amen. Gosh, it, 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 it sounds so simple. How how did we get so so discombobulated? Uh, we got priests ourselves. to pastor to attorneys to judges. We've we've been <laughs> we got horsewoggled to be influenced by political nodding heads. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I am what? not a Republican. I am not a Democrat. I am not a, jo- a Constitution Party or a Libertarian. I am, ladies and gentlemen, I am a sitting member of the board of directors of two of the largest corporations in the world, the United States of America and the state of Georgia. And let me, with all seriousness, welcome each and every one of you to this board of directors where you took a seat the day you turned 18 years of age. Wow. Wow. That is really a positive, uh, shining star moment of recognition of light, of hope, of faith, and and justice, uh, which should manifest if we all understand this and, 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 and sit down at the board uh, around the table as a member of the board of directors. You're right. And allow me also to remind you that history has taught a very hard lesson down through the eons of time. What Almighty God has given as a gift to his children, he shall never force them to keep it. You keep by your own hand. Wow. Wow. Okay, Paul. Dee Dee, Steve, uh, we are just, all of us here listening to you, Paul and and Carl, are just in, I'm in awe, personally, and and I'm going to pick up the phone tomorrow, call Bob, and share all of these emails with him. Uh, share the audio file with him and pass this around to other people. Uh, this this needs to be spread. Uh, and and uh, the time Carl, thank you. Yeah, must be lit in this barren wasteland, and it must sweep across this nation from sea to shining sea and border to border. Everyone must now step forward, take their seat at this board of directors, and manage this government for the benefit and welfare of all. God bless. Yep. God bless. Thank you. I think that's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, uh, Judge Paul Nally, Carl Swenson, our special guest tonight. Uh I hope six months don't go by, Paul. <laughs> and we need to stay in touch with Paul to support him. Uh, he made an appeal for uh, financial support here. 
uh, and we'll get the information behind that from Carl by email and whatever. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Uh, God, God bless you guys. Thanks, Carl. You're welcome. We'll be talking to you soon, right, I'm sure. All right. We'll send the we'll send the audio clip to you guys. Thanks, guys, and pass this around. God bless. Bye. Good night. Good night, everyone. See you next week. God bless. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.